It's Malik. It's Gustavo. And you're listening to the Teacher Talk Pod. All right, everyone. Well, welcome to episode four of the Teacher Talk Pod. And again, I'm Malik. I'm Gustavo, and you know, here we are. What is it? Episode four? Episode four, man. We're talking about grading today. All oh, right. yeah, man. <laughs> Again, every teacher's uh, worst nightmare grading. Grading is always the hardest part of doing giving any assignment because, again, we have to spend long nights, long weekends, long days spending all our time grading our kids' work. And that's kind of the annoying part. We'll start it off. Well, Gustavo, what do you, what's one of the, the big picture things, right? Before we get into like all the small little things that we talk about, what is grading to you? It's a lot of work. <laughs> That's what it is to me. To, for me, it's a lot of work. It definitely, um, you know, it's something that I, I personally struggle with. Um, it's just hard. I, I remember in my previous school district, <laughs> um, I would just walk around with, the, with bags of grading. And it was, and the way that I saw it, it was my way of paying penance. It was that, you know, I'm going to keep carrying these until I grade them. <laughs> it, I need to carry this burden until, you know, I eventually sit down. And sometimes I would go home, take it inside my house, not not grade it, still come back, and just continu- continuously carry it. So, you know, in which you kind of want to just avoid it. But you know you had to do it. But, yeah, you know, you know you're busy at home doing things. And that's kind of like, I think we're at the impact that grading has on our personal lives because you really can't, at least for me, it's hard for me to really enjoy myself on the weekend if I know in the back of my head I have <laughs> a plethora of yeah, things to sure. a, a, a plethora of things to grade. So it 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 really it's really hard to to fully enjoy yourself, your family, your friends, your children if you know that you you're you're behind in grading or that you have a lot of grading to do. You know, especially like I, like as y'all know, I teach English. So, and those for all those English teachers out there, the essays. How about those the essays? And man, have you been seeing <laughs> yeah, me this week, man? Yeah, he's been spending the whole week. This, this whole week, just them. I'm just conferencing with them and conferencing and conferencing, and it sometimes it feels a little redundant. And I know some, you know, people have given me feedback in which you know do peer review, but I don't think that my kids are definitely in that particular stage that they can <laughs> effectively give their pairs. <laughs> Good criticism. Exactly. It it could be a little catastrophic. We're not there yet. So until then, we have to set these times. And it takes 15 to 20 minutes. And it is time consuming. But I'm not going to front. I absolutely love it. I I love sitting down with them and kind of having those moments in which, okay, I see what I did. Okay, I see what you're asking me to do. And it takes time. But I think that it's your... You know, you're doing the groundwork so that eventually they are able to do this themselves to internalize, you know, Mr. Vasquez questioning them. Well, did I fully explain this? Did I fully do this? So the revisions, once, but see, once you do the, the conferences, the first time the revisions are a little easier and it makes the grading of the final product just quick. Again, like a lot of kids need that, right? Like, but right now it's, it's it feels exhausting. It's like I'm to the point where I was like, I just want to be done with this essay. But once they submit the final product, I'm kind of just a little more more relaxed because it's either, at least for me, it's either you did it or you didn't do it. For sure. It's it's black and white. Either you took the feedback and you made those adjustments. If you didn't make th- those adjustments, like as I tell them, you are going to be held accountable because I'm sitting down and I'm talking to you for 15, 
20, sometimes a little more for those babies that need a little help and need more <laughs> help than just that. And for you to tell me afterwards that you didn't pay attention to any of my feedback and you didn't follow up with the feedback, then shame Slap on you. And <laughs> it's going to show in your grade. For sure. Because you not only are you wasting my time, you know, you're also stunting your growth. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's the, that's what I want them to to work on. That is that you can it's 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 a, it's a process. It's not just I'm going to do it the night before submit Mr. Vasquez, whatever I did, either the period before, you know, a minute before I walked into this class and call it a day. Yeah, yeah, no, but for sure. What about you, Malik? I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat with you when it comes to the the, the norms for grading. I think grading ha has a, a very big place in my life just for the simple fact that, again, I'm just like you when it comes to <laughs> my weekends, my Friday nights. Like, if I don't have it done prior to, it kind of stays in the back of my mind like, damn, I didn't get my kids' grades done. You know, and the kids are the – we have the kids that are going to email us, uh, did you get our homework done yet? <laughs> did you grade our work yet? Again, like – and kids forget that we're grading, <laughs> like, out of – I teach 127 kids. So that means I have to read 127 different papers. And again, like it, then you start getting the fatigue, right? I think that's one of the hardest parts too. We get the, the fatigue of reading the same thing over and over and over and over. And this is where we, again, to what Gustavo talked about the revision time, um, when he's giving this feedback to his, to, to his kids, like that's super important because now I'm giving you the tools to stand out. I'm giving you the tools to, to, to legitimately come out of this, out of this session and make your paper stand out from everyone else because everyone else is telling me the same thing. What can make your paper a little bit different where you're going to sit, sit down and hone in on everything that we talked about. And that makes the, all the more difference. Like feedback time is super imp uh, important to grades as well. So again, we just gave our little overview of what we think grading means to us and how we feel about it. Um, but we're going to get down into some more nitty gritty. So first up that we got is grading for completion versus grading versus accuracy or effort. So again, Gustavo, do you want to go first when it comes to do you grade on completion or do you grade for accuracy and effort? I th I personally feel that it has to be a variation because if you're consistently <laughs> grading for accuracy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not getting anything whether done. Whether you're a first year teacher or a seasoned <laughs> veteran, you're not getting anything done. <laughs> you're you're going to you're going to put a lot of a lot of stress in your life, and you know, especially if you you I mean you you should have a substantial amount of grades in your grade book. So that they have multiple opportunities to to bring the grade up, and it's not just contingent on one test, mm -hmm. one essay, mm -hmm. or you know, one I don't know, uh, uh, one classwork grade. There should be there should be multiple opportunities. Be some variation. So with that being said, there are going to be particular grades that I feel that are going to be completion grades, in which you you submitted a thesis, it's your rough draft. Uh, you'll have nine out of ten, ten out of ten, and call it a day. You didn't submit it, then you got a zero. And, and kind of working towards the end goal. But, yeah, I think that a variation is essential just so that, you know, on your personal, you know, your, your own personal well-being isn't out here stressed out about grades at all times. So I use both sometimes. It's like you submit it, you give me a response, it's reasonable, that's fine. But when it's an essay, it's like accuracy matters. Definitely. <laughs> here here you, need to, you need to do analysis. You can't be doing summary and if so, you're going to lose points because I've taught you, I've modeled it, and things like that. Like, you know, sometimes classwork is you just following along and being able to show me that you were able to take down what I, what I you know, taught during that day. And easy completion grade. You're doing out completion grade. But what about you, man? Again, I'm, me and Gustavo are kind of one and the same. We're two peas in the pod. All right. Um, for me, at least, when it comes to how I grade, 
again, I think grading goes for variation. So my do now is my class for grades. Obviously, when it's something that's super important, um, you're grading for accuracy and effort. But when it comes to uh, like do nows, a I, my do's on my do nows are always going to be questions that refresh my kids from the day before. Same thing for exit tickets. Uh, I'm not necessarily grading for uh, accuracy. Uh, I want you to legitimately try and give me what you remember. And again, you're here. You showed up. Do now. Cool. All right. That's not going to make or break your grade. Uh, when it comes to my discussion posts, uh, my kids do at least maybe two, two discussion posts a week, if that. Um, and that is where I grade for accuracy and effort. Uh, you can't sit here and give me three lines in a discussion post. Right. My discussion posts are supposed to be posts in which kids are legitimately giving me thought thought out responses, re- responding to at least one of their pairs and giving good and, and insightful feedback. And again, a lot of the times we're going to end up seeing some kids are going to water it down. Some kids won't do it. And again, this is where your grade comes in. If you if you want the, the full 50 out of 50, you're going to give me a great response. If you just want to get whatever you get, then you give me whatever you get. And um, I think it really does depend to what Gustavo said. Variation matters. Like, I can't sit here and, and grade every single assignment for accuracy because, again, um, it's just not enough time in the world. And also, we got to remember that kids will kids will be kids, and kids are going to kid it up the whole way. Um, when it comes to how I see kids, like, if again, if, if they cheat me out of a – or they pull the wool over my eyes or they kind of play us, again, kids aren't really playing us, right? They're playing themselves. If they if they give you an assignment where they it seems as if they did their endeavor best, but in reality they didn't, again, it's not that we didn't do our job, but they're failing themselves because they're stunting their growth. Growth as to what Gustavo just said earlier, um, making sure that they can push themselves, making sure they can put themselves in the best possible way to get a hundred is super important, and making sure that kids understand that I can't just give you a hundred just because your work was great just under the rubric. I want you to make sure you always push yourself. So obviously, if a kid does a great job, you get the hundred. I understand. But if you still want them to develop the skill even more, it's okay to give them the 95 or the 90. Just don't cheat them out of 100 when they really did all the work, right? Um, I think that kind of goes to it too. Yeah, and I just want to add, and even when you do just do a completion grade, you can still give them feedback. For sure. You know, it's not like you gave them a completion grade, they got 10 out of 10 for whatever it is, or 5 out of 5. But, you know, it's like, you know, you could give them personal feedback or you could give, like, just general feedback to the whole class. Like, for example, today I I had a, I can't, I can't stress enough how these my students are currently struggling to write to not write in the first person. Yeah, that's and it's, a, and it's, it's a hard driving thing. me insane. And it, I'm not taking per points off at least for the for the rough draft for the you know the first draft. But moving forward, I told them like if you have first person, you're going to lose points, significant points because you need to be also be held accountable. So right now. I'm an, I'm understanding just because my focus at this very moment isn't first person. It is it's a pet peeve of mine, but right now I'm focusing on making sure that your you know, your skill on analysis is on point. It's coherent, makes sense, it sounds well. Mm-hmm. Right. But moving the, the second draft, yeah, need to, they need to get it together. If not, they will lose points and especially I told them final draft you're still writing in first person, forget about it. I mean, for me, at least, when I was giving my kids their first essay for me, um, actually, now the second essay, I told them, make sure that all your verbs are in the past tense. When we're talking about history, it already happened. It cannot keep happening or is not happening, right? So, again, like, a lot of the kids get into the habit. Yeah, so they, were, they had to write an essay on 12 Years a Slave, and they say Solomon Northup partic- uh, participates in, in a, a playing of the fiddle. No, Solomon played the fiddle. Like, he's not doing it right now. He's not participating right now. He already did it. 
You know, so again, like the nitpicky stuff right there comes in because again, <laughs> they got to get it right. There's no way you can, in good in good conscience, give them a, a great grade on something that they didn't do good in. Like it's you just got, what it you is. Gotta, you got to skim those points, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Y'all gonna learn. Y'all gonna keep making that same mistake. You're gonna keep losing those points for sure. And again, like it, it really just depends on how on how you see it. Accuracy matters for the big assessments, projects, essays, presentations. Don't sit here and and not criticize or not give areas of improvement to the child that needs it. Because, again, they'll go to someone else's class do that same nonsense and get points off and then complain, but I did this in Mr. Hector's class or Mr. Vasquez's class, and they didn't take all points, so why are you taking all points? <laughs> all right? And we hate hearing that as teachers because, again, we need to hold every child accountable in the same way and the same standard. So uh, let's slide to grading types. So what do you prefer? Are you the, the check minus, the check nah, plus? I, I mean, I don't do check minus or check plus. I mean, it's a similar concept, I think, but I just do out of 10. Everything I kind of just do out of 10. For <laughs> This makes sense in my head. I just hate <laughs> writing the extra zero. You know, it's like, why do I need to put 80 out of 100? Why do I need to put the extra zero to make it 100 when I could just do, you know, yeah, 1 through 10? 10. Mm-hmm. And Not it's just sure. quick, either, you know, 7, you know, you're still, you need improvement, you know, 8. You're on the cusp. You know, you're emerging. Nine. Nine. You're almost there. You're oh. right about to be there, but 10. You knocked out the park. Yeah, and that's how I kind of look at it. It's just, okay, well, w- depending on what whatever skill it is that I'm trying to, to assess, it's just, are they there? Are they not there? Mm-hmm. And just just work with the kids as well. And I think that kind of goes that kind of goes back. The grading types, I think it's us as educators also being mindful that sometimes kids are going are going through things, and sometimes, you know, they might need an extra point. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and Again, which like goes back to the, the issue, the what you said about effort. There are some of our kids who are in our classes and they struggle and they're struggling for, for multiple reasons, you know, whether it's, you know, things occurring at home, you know, social economic steps, you know, the social economic issues and ultimately being mindful of that. So I'd also make it a point that if you try my class and you show me that you're trying to improve yourself, I will do everything within my my power to help you. At least pass my class. I think that you deserve that much. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, um, but also, like you said, like finding this this equilibrium in which also holding them accountable because yeah, yeah. you know you don't want them to feel that you know I can get one over on Mister Vasquez <laughs> or Mister Hector, you know, Mister Hector, Mister Vasquez, just out here letting you letting us slide. So you know, it's a combination of things. What about you? When I used to, uh, you do out of out of a thousand? Hell no, not out of a thousand. <laughs> there is no way I could grade them out of a thousand. Um, but for me, at least, like, to what Gustavo said, when I used to do everything on paper, I'm in my old district, I used to use to do the check minuses, check pluses. I feel like that that's, like, a trend. I, I Like, yeah. I've done that when I need it's to, on paper. Yeah. With now, with, with computers, it's, it's you really, so much easier. You really can't put a check plus. Yeah, so you, you... You have to use numbers. Yeah, you qualify as, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Number. I mean, for me, at least, I don't really, like, now, I kind of go to Gustavo's method, so I don't grade them out of 100 unless it's a project or an essay or a, a big assessment. When it comes to classwork grades, uh, I go out of 50 or out of 25. The smaller things are 20, out of 25. The bigger things are out of 50. So discussion posts, those count as homework and classwork. That goes to 50 points. And when it comes to, like, any of the questions that they answer, whether it be from worksheets, whether it be from a crack seminar, all that goes out of 25. And even then, sometimes the crack seminars can even go under my assessments as well because, again, I'm just testing their knowledge and how they can effectively use all that information that I gave them and how can they at least, like, speak about it, right? What they, how, how can they internalize it, how have they analyze it, and things of that nature. So, again, it really, it really depends for me. But um, I'm, out of, I'm out of the check plus phase now that we've integrated to computers the whole way. 
if uh if you're a, a teacher that still uses paper, again you probably have your own checks. What own checks? Own checks. <laughs> you, got the <laughs> you got your own checks and the way how you do it. I so got, got a little chicken coop. That's. <laughs> Again, like think about it in your own way. Again, grading is all about how you do things. Me and Gustavo do things differently, but again, or Gustavo and I do things differently. But to what we just kind of talked about for the projects, essays, presentations, what are some good assessments to you? How do you really feel that kids thrive in your class when it comes to how you test them, how you assess them? What What's your favorite thing to do? Man, I like I like giving kids reading checks. This year, I really haven't done that many reading checks just because hybrid, who's at home, who's here, having to monitor whether they're looking at things, having to ask them to turn their cameras on. It's, you know, it's just it's too much. It's just um, and for a our headache. Listeners, yeah, it's just a headache that I, I really don't want to. And for our listeners, can you kind of go a little bit more as to what reading checks are? <laughs> if they, if, yeah, we're not, if we're not teachers. It's kind of, it's kind of just, you know, going, pushing the kids from just recall and making sure that they're actually reading the piece because some of the kids, you know, it's their, their learned behaviors in which it's like, well, I'm going to just, not read today because Mr. Vass is going to go over it in class and just, you know, just, just live their lives like that. But I kind of have like a little bit of a balance in which, yes, you have reading checks, but you also do have annotations. So you might not do that great in reading checks because, you know, you might not be reading, but you could also gain those backs by, you know, you, you get, you could gain those points back in your grade by submitting annotations mm-hmm. and annotations is it's honestly where it matters more for me because it's not just about recalling. It's not just about um, identifying different you know, parts of the text, but it's also about what connections are you making? And that's what it goes back to in which, you know, when, at least what types of assessments, it, it has to be a variation. You just can't be assessing recall. You can't just, you know, do, you know, be doing things like that, but also, what kind of connections, are, at least in my content, what kind of connections are my students making? You know, as they're Real reading, life, as they're reading XYZ, XYZ point or XYZ book, how are they connected to their personal self? Um, how are they connecting it to um, the world? How are they connecting it to other things that they have read? And it's kind of pushing them to do that. But that's kind of, you know, this year because of, you know, the pandemic and the remote learning and the hybrid situation, I've definitely geared away from that and i'm more focused on annotations um i you know i like giving out essays because i like i like that essay process and it's tiresome it's brutal but it's bittersweet just because it's something that's that needs to be done Mm -hmm. as i tell my kids it's like y'all play sports y'all have hobbies the only way to get better at doing those things is by actually engaging in it by doing it and if you tell me that you can't write that you're horrible at writing because that some of these kids have these preconceived notions. They've internalized these ideas. So whenever they, they see an essay, they kind of panic and they're like, I don't want to do this. I want to avoid this. I, I just had kids who I've been had. I had to call home. <laughs> I had to call the parentals and let them know, Hey, um, you need to, they need to submit. I don't, at this point, I don't, I can't do my job if I don't have work to give you feedback on. Mm-hmm. So give me something in order for me to do something with you. To, to help you, to guide you, to, to get somewhere. So I I enjoy the, I like I said, it's a bittersweet process, the essays in which it's like you don't want to do it, but you I kind of like doing it because there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. And projects, man, projects are dope, man. Previous school district, we used to do independent reading projects, and it kind of, it was a creative outlet for my kids. So we would read whatever book we're reading, and they could read, read a book of their choice at home. And some of the stuff that they brought in, man, are was, it was just dope. Um, I remember one of my kids. He read the he read the Hate You Give, and he 
wooden box, put a police car in it, actually got real, like, real bullets, like the cases, threw them around it, painted the inside of different colors. He uh, brought in a battery. He had a pump that led into the top. And then in front of a, in front of our classroom, you know, he he said that this was to you know to to honor all the all the lives that have been taken you know at the hands of the police in 2018. And I read it all. We click we clicked that pump, and that pump basically threw um, like a red liquid over, it and it looked like blood. So it's it was such it was such a dope experience. And when the kids that are creative, it gives them that that creative you know, outlet in an English classroom. So it's not just essays. Mm -hmm. It's not just poetry. It's not just um, writing and presentations, but it's actually like, here's my art. And this is how I'm going to, you know, create a visual depiction of my interpretation of this text. So that was one of my favorite ones amongst other ones, like posters. I mean, you've, you've done something, something like that, but like read a book and create a poster, like a movie poster for it. And, just super dope, man. Like, that's why I like that. And also, at least in this year with my freshman seminar class, I definitely have been moving in, in, in project-based learning. We did Amer- an American Dream podcast in which they use the skills that they learned throughout the entire uh, trimester to create a product that came out pretty dope as well. But what about you, man? Um. I know you're big on project-based learning, so I didn't <laughs> want to touch upon that much because then you're going to be like, yo... I'm going to just have to echo. So please, man, tell um, us. Because ever since I met Malik, that's, he, all, that's all he talks about. He's in a meeting. Can we do project-based learning? What what, you, what can we do? For, we were just in a meeting for the finals. And he was like, can we do project-based learning? They, they they said, you know, let me get back to you. But, you know, my boy out here is going to be advocating. Of course. For I advocate project for project-based based based learning all the time. So just to echo off Gustavo when it comes to how we even deal with projects or just assessments as a whole, one of my favorite assessments will be always forever projects. Uh, it's the alternative <laughs> to having to give kids essays. It's the alternative to having to do presentations. And you can't even combine a presentation with a regular project altogether. It's just so fascinating. In my previous district, I worked at a performing arts school. And whenever I gave a project, I gave my kids the opportunity to work with their majors, whether it be dance, whether it be uh, vocals, whether it be instrumentals, whether it be TV production, whatever it was at my old school, I made sure my kids got the chance to use their creative outlets in, in the best way possible to legitimately get a great grade. And I think that's uh, super important for these kids because, again, everything in the world doesn't have to be you writing something down or you writing an essay or mm-hmm. you has sitting here having to talk to me. If I can make a kid understand their own topic or their topic of choice, whatever case may be, in their own way, that's us differentiating. That's us creating a, a hospitable environment for these kids to be in our classrooms. Everything can't be a test, a multiple-choice exam. Everything can't be that. That does not test kids in their analyzation skills and their critical thinking skills. That does not test them at all. All it does is give them the opportunity to recall the information and regurgitate that back to you. And, again, if you're tested for content, that's perfectly cool. But, again, content is cool, but skills are even better. And teaching them skills that are going to be lifelong skills that they can use in college is presenting, uh, being creative, and be thinking outside the box, and other things like that. That's super important for them. And, again, like, we can't sit here and just test kids on, again, what is 2 plus 2? We should all know that's 4, right? But, again, for my class, I teach AFAM, African-American history. They've had a plethora of projects. I'm getting ready to give them a new project coming in this new trimester. That's going to be a... Again, it's going to be the, the discography project. For me, that's always going to be... I give them a, a certain amount of themes that are prevalent in the last couple chapters. And then what ends up happening is they have to create their own album cover and pick around five songs 
and legitimately get lines from each song to help corroborate the theme that of their choice. And again, this is an analysis. Analysis. This is them legitimately critically thinking, and this is giving them opportunities to find things in their own lives that echo in our own lessons. So again, this is being culturally relevant, right? Kids can pick their own songs and kids can find their own ways to legitimately internalize this, this material. Mm-hmm. So again, it doesn't have to be, uh, Mr. Hector gave us 25 pages to read tonight and I got to write an essay. That's, hey, that is slow boring. down, slow down. I feel attacked, man. All <laughs> the English, English teachers going to hate me. All the English teachers going to hate me. But again, we know the differences, <laughs> man. We know the differences for history and for English classes. Again, it's always reading intensive, but... Anytime we can give the kids a break from being so reading intensive, that's the the goal here, right? Next up, how do you feel about late work? Because we already talked about how we feel about grading. We already talked no, about I what's mean, the hardest e- part. Even like I, even when you were talking about your example, I remember in my in the previous district I was in, there were these things called uh, public displays public displays of learning, in which it was it was pretty cool because they had to make a project that you know had like a visual representation, mm-hmm. and the kids you know were challenged. My my kids were had to do PSAs. So public service announcements. Yeah, man, they had to, they had to record and everything. Oh, kids hate recording themselves. I don't know why they they do, but the first time I did it was a little rough. <laughs> it was a little rough, but by by the third the third marking period, I mean the the work that they were creating on gentrification and things that things like environment, you know, things like that was actually super dope. And the, the things they care about, and it just it just looked it just looked amazing. I was very impressed by some of the product, you know, the, the quality of the product that that they submitted at the end of the the marking period and you know to the end so you I, know then the pandemic hit yeah, and that kind of changed the game changed everything changed the, everything the game for all changed of us. a bit but yeah you know having having project based learning in in situations and you know still having them do readings because it's not like they're just presenting on a random piece they're they're doing the research they're doing the writing like that's how yes they create a video but it's not like they just you know got together recorded one day and and that's it no they had to give me they had to present an idea you know they had a uh, why am I forgetting like a, they had to pitch their idea to me mm-hmm. once they pitched their idea then afterwards they moved on into the script yeah I need to have a script so now they're doing script writing they're collaborating then after that we move into the revision in which they had the conference they used to have the conference with me and then I used to give them the green light once they had the green light. They record. They give me the recording. I said, look, the angles that you're using um, and give them feedback on that. And it's like I said, it's a whole process. The building blocks. It's always mm-hmm. building blocks. And, and again, that's chunking, especially sure. with projects. You have to, I mean, projects like this, kids definitely be- benefit from chunking the project and not just saying, well, here's what you need to do at the end. You have two, three weeks. Now, you know, throw them into In the fire, into the fire as in figure it out. No, definitely. Those those project based learnings, projects, presentations, they definitely are helpful if they have the, the support of the teacher. You know, and against like Gustavo said, like we can't just sit here and give projects and say, <laughs> and we're not talking about the small projects that are posters and kids are doing small little presentations. We're not talking about those projects. We're talking about projects that legitimately need time and effort. So if you're given a three week, a one month project, have little checks at, at at the end of every week so that way kids stay on task because yeah. kids are procrastinators. If we as adults procrastinate. Think about what kids do. <laughs> think about what kids do when it comes to your grading. And, again, like the whole thing about inclusivity. When we think about grading, we have to make sure that we understand what are our kids able to do. What can our kids do at home? Are they going to have the tools, the, the mm, materials? Mm-hmm. Are, do they, are they well prepared for, the, for this project? And if the majority of your kids are not well prepared for this project, meaning that they don't have computers at home, meaning they don't have prop adequate lighting, things of that nature, how can they effectively give you a, a sample work? 
And also think about whenever you give your project, do you have an example to show them what a uh, what an A level assignment is, right? You got to give them an exemplar to help demonstrate to them if this is what I'm giving you to show you what an A is. I expect nothing less than this. And kids will rise to the expectations. Kids don't want to disappoint teachers that they like, and some that they don't like because they don't want to get a bad and grade. Some kids want that, that want that A, man. Yeah, some <laughs> kids will work hard for it, and we got to understand yeah. that. So to late work, do you take late work, Gustavo? How do you feel about late work? What's your deadlines? It depends. Do you- it, it, it depends. I I don't like taking late work, but because um, of the panorama that we're in, we gotta take late work. I mean, even before, I would still take some. I would I wouldn't give them full credit, but yeah, never, never. You know, depending on depending on the scenario. Like I said, it depends on the scenario. But when a kid uh, when a kid is failing and you know he's failing horrifically, <laughs> we've been there. In which no, we've been there. They, nah, they have a, horrifically they have for a me. zero. They have a ten, a twenty. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm prone to to take the late work. And give them some credit just because it's, you know, you're putting them in a hole in which they they can't come back from. Mm-hmm. So in those special scenarios, I am very empathetic. Some people would, would <laughs> go and say that, um, are, would, would tell me that I'm lenient. You know, it happens sometimes. You know, marking period, things happen. Things happen at home. Things happen. There's it's life. so many other issues. And, you know, it might not be a gr- great one, but I don't want you to then just say, well, I mathematically can't pass your class anymore, Mr. Vasquez. So I'm going to just start cutting your class. I'm going to just start doing that. It's, it's you know, demoralizing. So I still, I they might not pass, but they still have, you know, mathematically speaking, they might still have a chance to pass for the school year. Now, you're not going to do this to me. One, two, three, four market periods. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. After the first one, one you got your chance. You got one chance. is there, obviously, but it's like based, it's based on, you know, the situation. Mm-hmm. It's based on the situation. It's It's not a, you know... At definitely as we move on to third, fourth market period, then it's kind of like, you know, this. And we, again, it's a little different know. for us, too, because we're accustomed to marking periods. And at our, at our new district, we are on trimesters. Trimesters, yeah. So I keep saying marking periods, we but trimesters, I mean, it's it's just it's a lingo. It's just it's a lingo that <laughs> I need to adjust. What about you, man? You you say work from a trimester ago in the second oh, trimester? No, 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 no way, no way, no way, no way. It's okay, believe. Um, <laughs> whenever, when it comes to me and late work, I am I'm very 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 um I'm a stickler when it comes to late work. My kids already know once it's like a once it's after a week late, two weeks late, you're you can't get a hundred, you can't get a seventy five, you can't get an eighty five. It's absolutely. I'm gonna give you a grade for it. I'm gonna grade what you did, but at that point, you can't get full credit because someone that worked insatiably hard and mm-hmm. did their endeavor best, you can't sit here and in good conscience give them the same grade as someone who turned in three weeks late. This is not happening. Again, we obviously make the special cases for the kids that. Again, life happens. Have problems with their family. We we whoever talks to us, whoever sends us an email, mental illness. And, yeah, you know, you like know? again, we understand. Like we have to be understanding to these kids. Again, they're kids at the end of the day, and we always want to treat them like quote unquote adults, but they're not. Right? They're kids that are learning how to be accountable, learning how to be responsible, and learning how to navigate through through life. And to what Gustavo said, if you sit here and give a kid a zero for every single assignment and do not ever give them a chance to make it up, then what's the point of them learning and coming to class? Right, there's that's no when, real point to it. That's when they start cutting. Like again, you got to be under, you got to be understanding. Like you again, you cannot give them a hundred, but you can give them some credit. So that way, again, they don't go from a twenty-five percent in your class. Right, they can't come back from that. It's so hard to come back from a twenty-five. But if you give them a fifty-five, a sixty-five, right, that is that is some that is some way, shape, or form so much easier for them to come back to. And again, I always let my kids know I would much rather give you a ten 
<laughs> out of 100 or 10 out of 50, then me giving you a zero because that zero just bogs you down so mm-hmm. much. And I think kids don't understand that. Like, you giving me something is better, better than you giving me nothing, right? You can't just sit here and give me zero work ever. It just doesn't work like that. And I guess last but not least, rubrics. Do you use rubrics? Because I know I use rubrics. Yeah, man, because if not, then how do you justify what you're doing? Yeah, again, the, the rubric <laughs> is is more so for the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, we know our rubrics like the back of our hand. When it comes to me, right, giving essays, projects, presentations, I already know what grade I'm, the kid is getting just from how they presented, whether it be their verbiage, whether it be how they carried themselves, whether it be the content. We know what an A looks like. The rubric is for the kids. So the kids mm-hmm. can understand that I got the grade I got because I didn't do this, this, that, and the third, right? It's not to sit here and say, oh, Mr. Hector needs to grade me by the rubric. I'm grading you by the rubric because this is what you gave me. The rubric is more so an outline for them, right? Again, I use rubrics for my presentations, for my projects. My kids get that all for it. That's the first thing they get, and we sit down and look at it together because, if again, if kids don't understand how they're being graded, they're not going to do well at all. There needs to be a guideline. Expectations that need to be met in order to – to get the grade that they want because they would try you. Yeah, kids are. <laughs> they would try kids you. Kids are very, very trying. They would try to read between the lines. But Mr. Vasquez doesn't say here, you know, that I needed three sources. It doesn't say that I needed to do analysis. Like, and I'm like, but I'm like, so then, you know, that happened to me once. So then after that, I said, you know what, you have to have, especially when I did the PSAs. With the when that was definitely when I realized the importance of rubrics because mm-hmm. some of the students. Were They'll were very loopholes. upset. They'll were very. Loopholes. They were very upset that that they did they did a PSA in which it was kind of like they just used images, they just used images and they had a voice over narration and they were they were surprised as to why they they attained the seventy. It was it was kind of like they looked at me like you have <laughs> you have the audacity to give us a seventy, and I said uh, yeah you didn't do this like you didn't do this you didn't do that. And where is it? But we were, and it's like I said, it was a whole conversation. And their grade wasn't even that bad. But look, that's that's another conversation. <laughs> that's a whole another conversation. But again, the like kid, some kids, some kids, like I said, it's definitely cultural too. Definitely cultural. And would would argue and try to to negotiate points. <laughs> Just trying to parlay for some extra it's points. Like, well, you know, I did this, but can I do that? No, it here it is. You didn't do it. You take the L there, and, you know, we keep it pushing and moving forward. And, again, like, obviously for certain projects, they get the opportunity to revise their, their work and whatnot. But having a rubric, having a project sheet with everything outlined that you want them to do is super important. And, again, all that goes into grading, right? Grading in, in, in a bigger sense is not just you sitting here giving them a project assessment, you giving them an essay or, or a presentation. It's about how do you grade them in totality. And, again, we have to grade the whole child. And it's not just it's not just them testing. It's not just them coming to class. That's like, that's Malik with his you know supervisor supervisory language right there. He he needs the to whole teach the child, whole child. The whole child. You no, know, Mr. Vasquez out here, me Gustavo. I just I be I, I try to hit at least twenty five percent of the child. Oh my god! I call that a win. <laughs> <laughs> and again, See? like he's making the transition. Y'all y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. His voice. Amen. The whole my, my child. Gold here. He's my gonna t- gold here. he's gonna start talking about the achievement gap. What are, what are the buzzwords? Hey man, all the buzzwords. Oh, are he's gonna say DOK there. levels. Oh, the no, DO, I, I will the, never say DOK. He, he a whole lie. He probably said I'm never gonna say the whole child. He was but <laughs> look, someone used that. Someone yeah. used that on me once in the, the, whole in child? the yeah. He's like I, we in I like. Long story short, the colleague of mine said something about that. That you know, 
he teaches the whole child. So then it just became like a running joke. As yeah, in like, yo, yeah. I, I only teach 25% of the child today. <laughs> tomorrow, maybe 30. I go up and every day. We'll, we'll see what goes on. We'll see how far we get. Hopefully one day I can teach the whole, the whole, whole child. And and again, the whole edu- educating the whole child is, is super hard again because we have to legitimately cater to what every what every child but, needs. But yeah, I heard it from you heard it from Malik. The rubric with his rubric educates the whole child. He educates the whole child. <laughs> That's his rubric. He has a rubric on how to educate the whole child. Man, I'll make try. sure you CC me on that one. Share share it to me you. on the drive. And again, we uh we kind of just rattled off a, a couple quick things that we talked about for grading. Again, me and Gustavo try to educate. The whole child, um, <laughs> we try, we try. Again, we don't, we don't sit here and look at our, look at our work and, and make it seem as if we, we are the best at what we do. But we try every single day, and making sure that we create assessments, projects, curriculum, everything that we do in our classrooms that is, needs to be conducive to our children. And we, that's what we try to do day in and day out. Um, anything you want, you want to, you want to rattle off before you get up out of here? No, I think we kind of t- touched about it. It's like a variation, completion, accuracy. Um, you have to find your own style for grading types. Yeah, for sure. Whatever, like yo, from you, for, for, from you, for you, it might not work. The, the one out of ten, you maybe you need to see that hundred. And all you depends know, on you. That's up to you. When I want it, when I want a particular assignment to be weighted a little bit more, I might double the points. So it's instead of it being one out of ten, this one is a little more weighted. So it's gonna be one out of twenty. Mm-hmm. Still same concept. It's just, just weighs a little, a little bit more. Weighs a little bit more. Um, same thing, projects, essays, that depends on your own style. But um, my suggestion is, you know, at least I remember being in high school and some teachers using the projects as in it's it's your time mm-hmm. and my time. And it's like you're going you're gonna to do what you got to do for these two weeks while I, I, I kick it back. Mm-hmm. And relax. And mm-hmm. relax because that's how sometimes projects are used. At least, you know, in, in my high school experience, that's how sometimes they were used. And I think that that was definitely one of my things. You know, as I do essays, as I do projects, I also need to check in. I also need to chunk it so that kids understand they they don't. It's not the day that it's due and it's I don't have anything. It's like, well, what have you been doing for the past two weeks? Mm -hmm. Because you got me confused because I'm Uh, confused why you don't have that. Um, And yeah, I mean, grading, sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes I mean, I, I mean, I've been in those situations, man, complete transparency in which. It's it's more than halfway through the <laughs> through the and a couple of through the bargain period, and I uh, I have a whole bag, one of those whole tote bags of, of papers of papers I have to grade. So um, it's rough, it's rough, and especially at the as a first year teacher, it gets better though. Um, you figure out what you're what yeah. You're you you finally get you have to just sit down, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast, in which you I think or when we were talking about lesson plans, you just have to sit down and do it, mm-hmm. and. It's better to to do it. Try to like make manageable goals throughout the week. As in, I'm gonna grade one thing today. I'm gonna grade another thing. Just because it's it's easy to pile up, and especially with everything being digital, Malik. I don't know if you if you agree, but it's just so much easier to not see it. Yeah, and just leave <laughs> and it which alone. It's just there. And then when you open it up in, in Canvas, you see like you have 85 billion assignments that you got to grade. Yeah, oh my god! It, tell, it gives you a whole list. It's like at least I have the app on my phone. It tells me like I remember earlier this week it said I have 187 things to grade, and I said, oh okay. I mean, yeah, I was about to delete the app, but I was like, you know what? Just ruin my just ruin my day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It's it's hard as as a first year teacher, second year teacher, but you know, you slowly develop your your own your own method, your own style, and it's just kind of seeing what works for you because the worst thing is to to have the Sunday blues. Yeah, and then spend or, your whole Sunday or the su- or the Sunday scares. Oh my goodness. 
I mean, the Sunday scares, and you know what it is. You don't want it's that. It's when it's 8 o'clock. The marking period's maybe almost it, over. Maybe it's 7, 7, 8. You or got, you, you or maybe a you're, bunch of grades to you're living on the edge. And now it's, <laughs> it's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. You don't have your lesson plans. No grades done. You don't. Have, you don't have any grades for the past two weeks. And then you're under fire. And now you're stressing. And, you don't want that. And I've been there. And, it's not and you really place. can't sleep. Then it's you, not a fun place at all. You put the alarm on, right? Saying you're gonna wake up at four, and then you wake up at four. It's like ah, no, nah, this is not gonna happen. Let me just keep sleeping. And then you procrastinate some more. And yeah, and then and then easily you're you're you know knees deep in, in grading. In grading. So that's it. Set those goals. Any final thoughts? Hey man, you said it all, man. Malik hey. Hector, the whole child, <laughs> and nothing but the whole child. I don't have anything else to say, man, about grading. <laughs> we we kind of hit it all on, on the park and out the, out the park. Don't let it pile up. Be versatile. Be creative. And just be you. All right? That's been episode four of Teacher Talk Pod. Again, I'm Malik. Gustavo. And we up out of here, man. Peace and love, folks. Adios, guys. Keep it easy.